Good morning. Uh, my name is uh, Jessie Rhodes, and I'm a small animal veterinarian, so that means I see dogs and cats in my practice, and I'm on my way to work today, so I thought I would share a few thoughts. Um, I find that when I'm in my car and I'm driving, I'm alone, uh, that's when I do a lot of thinking. I rarely even turn on the radio because my mind just needs a little bit of time to process all of my thoughts before I walk into work and then again on the way home. I will do the same thing so that hopefully by the time I get home, um, I'm a little calmer. I've had some time to process my day and to think about what I'd like to do for tomorrow and uh, you know, I, I can get home and then of course everyone wants to know what's for dinner. So usually I'll think about that too. Uh, so if you hear traffic noise, it's because I'm on my way to work this morning. Um, I will say that the traffic is much less than normal. No one's taking their children to school. A lot of people are not going to work. So there's not a whole lot of activity out here due to the COVID-19, which is so scary on so many levels. And it hits me in different ways, I think, every day. And I feel very fortunate that no one that I love and that's dear in my life has been affected by this virus. But I know of people around the outside of my life who are and my heart just breaks for them uh, and I cannot imagine what they're going through with their loved ones in the hospital or maybe they're the ones in the hospital and they're alone I cannot imagine not being by my family members side during such a time as this so I feel very blessed and just know that if you are in that situation, my, my prayers are for you, and I know that my God is with you, and He will work all things together for good. So what you're going through right now may not be good, but God will bring beauty from those ashes, and He will make good out of it one day. He will restore to you what was taken, and He will make it good one day. So... Um, with that being said, I've, I've thought about, <clears throat> you know, just the, my children and the things that they have witnessed and experienced in their lives. Um, it wasn't that long ago when I was speaking to my husband and we were talking about, you know, how our, our kids just don't really know any major disappointments in their lives. They've not lived through anything that required sacrifice on their part or uh, a change in their plans to speak of. Now, my kids are 11 and 6, so they've not been on this planet very long. Uh, but they, you know, they've enjoyed their lives and they have enjoyed the things they've had and they are not spoiled by the definition of being difficult children. They're good kids. They're really good kids, but they've just not had to give up much. So when you look back, I think 
most generations of people have had some major event within their lifetime that they can remember where there was there was fear or there was um, a change in how the world operates based on the events that were taking place. So that could be any number of wars that our country has been involved in. Um, I remember Desert Storm. I remember I was in college when Y2K was a scare um, with technology. Uh, of course, the Oklahoma City bombing was a major event. Uh, the World Trade Center bombing was a major event. There's been multiple other terrorist attacks and mass shootings and school shootings and all of that within my lifetime. And my kids have been alive during some of those things as well, but I think this is the first thing that's hit close enough to home or that's been a big enough event while they've been old enough to know what's going on. So they are learning these lessons of you're thankful for what you have, truly, you know, down to the toilet paper. I mean, <laughs> I know that's been a big joke about people unable to find toilet paper at the store, but truly this comes from, from people's fears, and people are so scared that they may not have these resources that they want to get them now. And, and so my kids are seeing all of this unfold. And, you know, their plans are being canceled. Uh, choir concerts, kindergarten graduation. Uh, my oldest daughter was supposed to go to space camp in a couple of months. That's been canceled. Um, we couldn't have a birthday party for my little one. That was tough. So they are experiencing for the first time disappointment on a different level um, so to walk them through that I think you know I'll, I'll be able to say in the next conversation with my husband about our children that they have experienced some disappointment and um, some heartache you know a choir concert may not seem like much to an adult but to an 11 year old who has practiced in her room all year long and looked forward to this opportunity all year long uh, it's it's a big disappointment so I think we will grow stronger as human beings and as members of our country and I think my children will grow stronger and this is something they will look back on and remember and know that there was a time in their life where things were harder than whatever they're going through at the time. And I think it will make us stronger in the end. But gosh, it seems like we're just now in the middle of it. We're going to see a lot more heartache before this is over. And that's scary because you don't know if you're next. And so, of course, we are supposed to stay home and be cautious and wash our hands. And um, other than work, I am doing that. Uh, my work as a veterinarian is considered an essential service. There are public health considerations when you think about animals. And there's diseases that can be passed from 
animals to humans and um of course we have emergency services that are needed and so my work is considered essential work right now and we're still open and running uh, I wanted to tell you about a case and I sort of started out this way and and just decided to tell you what I was thinking about um, but the case I have on my mind is of Zoe and she's a small breed like chihuahua mix kind of dog and Zoe has diabetes and she's had diabetes for quite a while and she's been maintaining pretty well she has very dedicated uh, parents that take good care of her bring her for all her vet visits give her insulin twice a day feed her the special food they've done everything right but Zoe came in not so long ago probably about <clears throat> oh four to six months ago and we she wasn't feeling well and we checked her and her diabetes was no longer in control with the dose of insulin she was on well that happens from time to time no big deal we increased her insulin and we checked again seven to ten days later and that dose wasn't cutting it either so we upped her insulin again but we started talking about what could have possibly changed in Zoe's health to make her diabetes more difficult to control well when that change in her insulin dose didn't do the job we got more serious about finding an underlying disease or an infection or some reason why things had changed for her so when I think about a diabetic dog who's no longer in good control with their insulin I consider infections so that would be urinary tract infection or dental disease those things can affect diabetes control uh, maybe significant skin disease but I've not seen skin disease so much be a, a culprit or ear infections nothing like that but bladder infections most definitely and dental disease most definitely so aside from that I think about pancreatitis which is inflammation of the pancreas really common in dogs um, not as severe a disease as what I understand human pancreatitis to be but it's significant enough to make them sick to be painful to change their control with their diabetes so that's a thought I had and then there is an endocrine disorder called Cushing syndrome and endocrine just means it's a, a hormonal or glandular disease and Cushing's in particular is a disease that the source of it is either from the adrenal gland or the pituitary gland and whichever gland is affected there is a tumor present on the gland that is causing it to overproduce a steroid chemical cortisol and so the symptoms we see with that in a dog are similar to symptoms you would see if your dog was on steroids for a long time so they'll typically drink a lot of water they'll have to potty a lot they'll be hungry um, 
over time it can affect their skin they're more prone to skin infections uh, they typically have this pot-bellied appearance because their muscle layers have thinned out and so it causes their belly to kind of look distended or, or pot-bellied so that's one consideration we had for Zoe now to check Zoe for that we have to do a particular blood test there's one of two tests that you can do and um, for each animal one test may bring a better diagnosis than the other so you typically start with one and a lot of veterinarians now are using what's called the low dose dexamethasone suppression test I typically start with um, the ACTH stimulation test mainly because that's what I learned uh, going through school and in my early years of practice and I'm comfortable with the test and how to interpret it and what to do with it and so that is typically the test I look toward. So we did this test on Zoe which is an easy test for her. We draw a blood sample and then we administer a dose of synthetic hormone and about one hour later we draw another blood sample and we see what her body's cortisol levels do in response to this synthetic hormone and based on that response we can tell if a dog's likely to have Cushing syndrome or not um, from there it's difficult to tell sometimes whether the tumor would be present on the adrenal gland or on the pituitary gland sometimes you can find with ultrasound a tumor on the adrenal gland sometimes with a CT scan you can find a tumor on the pituitary gland um, so if that diagnosis must be made there are additional efforts you can you can make to try to figure out which form of Cushing's do you have pituitary or adrenal in Zoe's case we don't know for sure we just know that her test came out uh, I'll say positive for Cushing's it came out consistent with Cushing syndrome and so that was the big answer as to why Zoe's diabetes was no longer in control so now we know that we will never get her diabetes in control unless we address her Cushing syndrome disease so there is a few different treatment methods for that um, anymore I think most veterinarians are looking toward trilostane um, before there was a treatment called lysadrin it's an older treatment it carried heavier side effects um, a little more difficult to use you have to really be familiar with your animal at home and notice even subtle changes that may occur in their habits as far as how much they eat or drink or potty um, I think you have a higher risk at getting their cortisol levels too low and have to rescue them with steroids uh, so the trilostane seems to be a little safer in in my experience that's not to say that lysadrin should not be used but um, trilostane is probably the newer treatment of the two uh, there's some 
thought that you can use ketoconazole, which is an antifungal drug, effectively. And there are some of the Chinese herbal treatments that uh, doctors who practice alternative therapies might use. I've not experienced in those. I won't necessarily speak against them, but I tend to, to use treatments and medications that have a little more research behind them that are a little more predictable that I can be sure about doses and what to do and how to do it and that's just me I don't think there's anything wrong with alternative medicine but that's just not where I'm at in in my practice um so we started Zoe on trilostane now any treatment for Cushing's no matter which direction you go or which medication you try any treatment is designed to control symptoms and improve quality of life. So there are not any of these treatments that are going to kill this tumor uh, or cure the animal from this disease. It's all to maintain them while they have it so that they're not pottying all the time. They're not drinking tons of water. They're not eating voraciously and gaining a lot of weight. Their skin disease is easier to control and so forth. Um, so Zoe started on trilostane therapy and the way it works, you give it for a period of time. Usually after two weeks of the medication, you want to recheck that ACTH stimulation test. Uh, so we did that. And we had to tweak her dose a little bit and followed up again with a second recheck test and decided that the level she was at was where we wanted to keep her for now. So now that that's under control, we can focus back on her diabetes. And so we've done that and we're getting her back under control with her diabetes, but she's a complicated little little case I will say um, it's very difficult to be the mom or dad of a pet with multiple diseases that you're trying to balance together uh, another example I think of is a, a dog or cat who has heart disease and kidney disease simultaneously that's a tough one as well um, but for Zoe her diabetes and her Cushing's together make her a little more difficult to maintain but overall she's doing pretty well mom and dad are on board to do whatever she needs for as long as possible as long as we can keep her healthy uh, relatively healthy and happy then they are thrilled to be able to care for her and do what she needs um, they bring her for all her visits all her tests everything that we recommend she come in for and that's really what it takes is that type of commitment and dedication and they have that for her and Zoe's gonna be okay now she's an old gal um, so th this is not a forever thing but for now she's happy and she's home with her family where she wants to be so I think that is a success well, I've pulled in here into my little parking spot, so uh, thank you for riding along with me, and I'll be back next time with more thoughts from along the way.